Hello, online family. My name is Matthew Malik, and I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We are so incredibly glad that you chose to tune in to the Refuge official podcast today. We believe the message you are about to hear will inspire you in a very meaningful way. We believe the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work in your life. And we believe that you'll hear from him today. Please enjoy. So thank you, ladies, for being here. My name is Deb Malik, Pastor Deb. I am actually in refuge before. I want to welcome you here and thank you so much for coming. And how about if we give these guys all those, look at all those wallflowers back there. <laughs> and these guys over here, thank you so much for your help serving us ladies today. That's wonderful. So when you have a men's breakfast, we'll just get a caterer. You'll be good. <laughs> Seriously, we are very thankful. So today we're going to be talking about dreams coming true and things that happen in your life. Maybe when you were a little girl and you thought, when, I'm a, when I was a little girl, I always wanted to grow up and I wanted to become blank. And so Hannah, run up here. Yes, Hannah, run up here. When you were a little girl, when you grew up, you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. All right. It hasn't happened yet. I still need to find a man. <laughs> okay, she is looking for a man. Where's that auctioneer that we had before? <laughs> okay, what are some... I would like to have somebody... Hadessa, how about if you run up here really quick? We don't have a lot of time, so I need you quick. Okay. And then I'm going to have Lily. I'm going to have you come on up. Come on up. Okay. And you don't, you don't have to come up here, but this is good. Hey, don't jump. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if I did that? Come here. <laughs> I'd, need, I'd need you to get out of that wheelchair. <laughs> okay. So you're, well, you're a middle little girl. So when you grow up, you want to be... Um, honestly, I guess a singer, maybe a dancer, I don't know. A singer and a dancer, all right. And look who you're next to. Lily, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be? Um, well, when I was little, I wanted to work at McDonald's because I wanted to learn how they cooked their food, but... <laughs> Now, I don't, I don't really know exactly what I want to be, but I'm majoring in marketing in college next year, so. Right? So you're going to have to connect. And Lily, Lily is a dancer, right? So you're going to have to connect with Hadassah over there, who's sitting at the same table. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's wonderful. Look at how dreams come true. <laughs> Well, you know, I think about when I was a little girl, and they say that when you have children and what they play with doing when they're little is partly, possibly what they're going to grow up to be. So when I was a little girl, I always liked to play with dolls and baby dolls and being the mom and all that good stuff. 
And then um, my grandparents used to own a trucking business, and so upstairs at their house, they had a, an office area, and they had this old desk, and then they didn't own the trucking business, so they had all these old receipt books and, you know, paper, letterhead, all that kind of stuff. So we used to go up there, and we'd play secretary. So guess what I do? <laughs> Work with children, helping start Canaland Early Learning, and then I currently am the administrative lead here at Refuge, so I call my desk my perch. Every now and then I get off of it, you know. <laughs> so it's amazing when you think about when you were a little girl, when I grow up, I want to be, and you know we should never lose that wonder in who we are. When we're a little girl, we're still a little girl at heart, right? <laughs> Sometimes when we have those heartstrings that are tugged on when we watch a Hallmark movie or, <laughs> you know, different things. Um, you know, I think of the things that make me tear up now where, you know, when I was like Leah's age in high school or Haley or Anna, like, that'd never make me cry. And now I'm like, oh, look at God moving in that. <laughs> Because we can see God in so many things, can't we? Like when we're really looking, he's all around us. And so I want you to look at the scripture that you have in that little card today. And let me put some of this down here. I'm a mom to four children, two boys. So first of all, I also am a mom. I'm a mom to four children, two boys and two girls. And we now have six grandchildren, which is exciting. And I tell my children, just keep popping those babies out, you know. <laughs> the more, the merrier. <laughs> um, our oldest granddaughter is almost five years old. And so we have six of them that are almost five and under. So Thanksgiving at our house was amazing. They say that um, sometimes churches that have a lot going on are like grandma's house at Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's called organized chaos. And so I love that. So Jeremiah 33.3. I'm going to read 33.2 first. It says, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. And then verse 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So when we break down that scripture, call to me. So imagine that the God of the universe, the God who's created everything, asks us to call on him. And it's even more astounding so that we can call on him. And it's even more astounding when I think about that God, <laughs> the only God. He really wants to hear from me. He, he's always there. You know, sometimes people say, well, God's just not there for me. God's just not answering my prayers. God's just not. But that's not true because the Bible says that God is always at hand. And so put your hand out. That's how close God is. He's always at hand. And so knowing that he'll answer us, that's the second part of the verse. When we call on the Lord, set our minds on seeking truth. There are a lot of things that we can seek. 
and a lot of things out there in this day and age that call itself truth. But there's only one truth, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that he's who died on the cross for us, that he forgives our sin. That when we ask him into our hearts, our lives can be radically changed. Because I know I'm one of those lives. If you would have known me, that's why I said 37, because I've known Jesus 37 years. Like I was two when I met him, you know. No. <laughs> 37 years. Lord, that's a long time. A long time to develop a relationship with the Lord, with somebody who I've never seen, but I know is so close when I call on him. And then it says that he'll tell you great and unsearchable things. When we spend time asking God, when we pray, when we talk to God, you know, you don't have to memorize some kind of fancy prayer to talk to God. God wants to be a friend to us. And so a friend is somebody you have conversation with. A friend is somebody that you share your heart with. And, and even a friend that can be a best friend that you would never tell anybody else, but you'd tell that person. That's who Jesus wants to be to us. But, you know, again, we have to take that time. We have to slow down all the busyness around us and make that a priority in our life. So he's going to answer, and he's going to give us ideas and thoughts and dreams that come from his heart. Like, I'm somebody that I believe God has given a bit of a gift that sometimes I have dreams, and those dreams, I always know when, when they're dreams that I believe are from God because I never forget them. They don't go away. And a lot of you, maybe all of you, <laughs> sitting in this room have had those kinds of dreams, something that just doesn't go away, that you always remember. Well, I want to encourage you to jot those things down, because sometimes you need encouragement, and sometimes you need reminders. And things like that can do exactly that, encourage and remind you what God has laid in your heart, the dreams he's given you. And sometimes I've had dreams that involve other people. And so I talk to them, hey, I had this dream. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not telling them about that dream. <laughs> but there might be a right time. And so God's given each of you gifts, and he speaks to you. And he, you know, I love the verse where it says in Jeremiah that we were formed in our mother's womb, that he knew us. Imagine that. Like, I can't. <laughs> but that shows us the awesomeness and the greatness of God. And then the next, the last part of that verse is said, every time you, it says you do not know. So um, I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I don't know about you, but for those of you that read the Bible, every time I open God's word, I get something different out of it. And that's 37 years of reading a Bible, <laughs> of reading different chapters and different verses. And every time I read it, I can receive something else. That's God talking to you. And it's knowing that he wants to make every single day new for you. And again, reading that Bible, opening up that Bible. I always encourage people to read in Psalms. In Psalms, it's, it's something that... Um, King David was somebody that everybody was against, and he didn't feel like he had anybody on his side. And so Psalms really are books 
versus chapters about encouragement. And it, it talks about bad stuff, too, like when people are just wicked to you. <laughs> you know, it's like, but then this is how you receive that. It talks about being firmly planted beside the stream of water because you're going to bear good fruit. It's got so many wonderful things encouraging you and encouraging your life and your walk with God. And again, that's ways that he talks to you. So, ladies, I want you, as we're... We're going to be hearing from a couple other ladies today. I want you to think about your story. And I want you to think about how God has moved in your life, even in little ways that people be like, eh, who says that's God? Well, I believe that everything good in my life is of God and from God. And so think about those things. Think about these ladies that are going to sh- come up and share today a little bit about their story and when they were little girls and when they grew up and what they wanted to be and who they are now and where they believe they're going in life. So um, you all have that same kind of story. So, And, you know, I would love if everybody could just come up here, but we'd need like 40 days. And so, you know, <laughs> these guys wouldn't last serving that long. Oh, they would, right? Dakota, they would. <laughs> so if I could have Amanda come up, Amanda Titus, and we have Sarah Stiff, and they are going to be joining me up here today. And we get to hear their stories. These little girls, now come on up, beautiful women. Have a seat. And I'm not going to share a whole lot about their background because I want them to be able to do that. And, okay, so like these chairs, you know, they might look cute, but when I sit in it, if I need somebody to help me out, you know. (laughs) I'll just sit on the edge and see what happens. (laughs) So why don't we, Amanda, why don't you go first and share a little bit of your story and how you're here today and all that good stuff. Okay, definitely. I'm Amanda Titus, and we have been attending Refuge since last summer sometime. Um, I am married to the handsome Indian man who's wandering around. He's all mine. Oh, he's sitting on, he's, he's the wallflower back there. <laughs> Chilling in the back. Um, so when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a missionary, and I wanted to travel the world, and I wanted to serve people. And I remember I didn't know how to, like, put that into words or put that into a picture. Kindergarten, we were supposed to draw what we wanted to be, right? And then they saved it for us, and we got it back when we graduated. I drew a picture of a nun teaching a classroom full of children because I had no idea how else to depict a missionary, and, but that's what I wanted to do. I always wanted to travel. And um, obstacles to that, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota, okay? Um, You might think that Stevens Point is a small town. I grew up with 300 people that's counting everybody, including some cats and dogs, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) We bumped our numbers up a little bit. Um, And I grew up on a farm And all of this always made me feel disadvantaged. Like, 
God, I don't, I don't have the resources. I don't have the education. Like I'm, I'm not from somewhere glamorous. You know, I've, I've never met somebody from another culture <laughs> my entire life growing up. So how am I supposed to go see other cultures? Um, and I think our minds, as soon as we start talking about dreams, come up with everything that disadvantages us. We come up with all of the reasons why we can't automatically. And I've learned over the years that that's actually like a protective mechanism. Your mind is just trying to keep you safe by crushing your dreams and telling you why it can't happen. <laughs> but with God, anything is possible. And I believe that God didn't just come to rescue us. It's not about just like, oh, you're a miserable thing and I'm going to pick you out of the mud. I believe God came to restore us, to redeem us. So I believe that means that God put something inside each and every person and he pulls that back out as we sit with him, as we have that relationship with him. He reminds us, like, you're creative and you're talented and unique in your own way because I called you to do something, because I have a plan and a purpose for you. Um, cult Another obstacle that I faced is, and every culture in the world does this, we as humans put our own, like, standards on everybody else. And we judge people who are below those standards, but we also kind of jump at people who rise above them or who do something different because we want everybody to stay the same so we can categorize each other. I call it the gold star syndrome. You know, when you're a little, little kid, you get gold stars for doing a good job, right? You want to be able to measure your gold stars against somebody else. And so every culture in the world has this, like, conformity where they want you to fit into a certain class, a certain grouping. Even Christianity sometimes, as a religion, has that. Like, you have to do it a certain way. But God created you, specifically the way you are, for what he has called you to do. So there really isn't a standard because you're the one who's doing it for the first time. You're the one following your call. And there's not really a standard or a limit on that. So this morning, I really wanted to encourage you all to take off the limits and the disadvantages that your brain comes up with. We might say dream and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's never going to happen. My dream is maybe to have a decent car someday. Like, that's as high as I'm going to dream. Is <laughs> a car that doesn't break down every day. <laughs> that's as high as I'm going to dream, which God made that happen for me. I say that because that was a literal dream of mine, and God also made that happen for me. Um, but I want to encourage you that no dream is too big for you. I grew up on a farm, small North Dakota town, um, and... I have traveled, I did a quick count this morning, I think it's 15 nations thus far, um, and I have done things that I never imagined I could ever be able to do, and lost in places and seen cultures and met people that I never imagined it was even possible. Um, and I, another obstacle that I thought of, and we touched on it a bit, Pastor Deb did with dreams, but about 
like hearing God and how that works and knowing what he wants for you and knowing what his dream is for you. Um, Sometimes we say like God's talking to me and it can sound crazy when we say it out loud. Like traditionally people are medicated or burnt at the stake for saying things like that. (laughs) So sometimes I think we, we just don't know what that actually looks like, practically speaking, to say that God speaks to me. So I wanted to share an example of how God spoke to me about my dream. I was um, going into my senior year of high school, and I was at a Bible camp, and I had no idea what I wanted to do after I graduated. I thought I had it all planned out, and then by my junior year, that was all kind of gone, and I had no idea what I was going to do. So I was standing at the altar, and I was praying, and I said, okay, God, I want you to show me what you want for me. And one of the ways that God speaks to us, he speaks to us through dreams, but he also speaks to us through what we call, we call it a vision that sounds like really out there, but this is what happened to me, okay? I closed my eyes, and you know how you close your eyes and you're going to turn on your imagination? This makes sense to everybody. You're in that like, I'm going to imagine. I closed my eyes. I was ready to imagine, but God played the movie, if that makes sense. Like I had the screen ready and God played the movie. So that's what I call a vision. So what I saw when I closed my eyes is it was like I was flipping through a giant scrapbook of my life. And I was just turning these pages, looking at these pictures, and it was pictures of me playing on a beach with tropical palm trees and lots of beautiful blue waves and sand. And at this point, I'd have never been to one beach in my entire life. Um... And I was playing with a bunch of native children, and I was wearing a white lab coat in these pictures. And it was just picture after picture. And when I would open my eyes, it would be done, it would be gone, and then if I closed my eyes, I could see it again. So I took that to mean, because I had been, I took that to mean to me to go into the medical field somehow. And another way God speaks to us is he keeps bringing things up, like, it just sticks out in your mind all over the place. You see it here, you see it there, and it just sort of sticks in your head, and you're thinking about it all the time. And I had been thinking about nursing and medical, and maybe I should be a doctor, and all of this for the last however many years. And I actually had a lady pray for me then, and she said, I feel like God is telling you there was a dream when you were a little girl, and you should go back to that and do that. That's what she said. Well, when she said that, I remembered a time when I was young. I had pretended all the time to be a nurse or a doctor, always. And I think we had gone on one of those little kindergarten tours, and so we had the little, like, nurse's cap with the chin strap and everything. And so I would run around the house with that and play nurse. And when she said that, that's what popped into my mind. So another way that God speaks to us is through other people, mentioning things, encouraging us building us up in the faith. God will never use somebody else to tear you down or condemn you, okay? It'll always be something that's encouraging that's going to make you grow. And then, as soon as she said that, something, a memory popped into my head. God brought it back to me. So I just wanted to encourage you guys with that too, like ways that God speaks to you. Sometimes that seems so unbelievable, like God would speak, like I sit and listen to a voice. But 
for me, a lot of the time it has been feelings, it has been memories, it has been picking up little things, things that stick in my head. And God never, ever, ever steers you wrong. I can say that. Um, I've trusted my whole life to him from the very beginning. And I know that it's only going to get better from here. There have been crazy moments. There have been confusing moments. But God always sorts it out in the end. And he always has your best interests at heart. I want to encourage you guys, you're not at a disadvantage. You're not imperfect. That's another one our brains throw at us. You're not good enough. No, when you come to God, he restores you. He makes you good enough. And he makes it happen for you. So I want to encourage you guys today that whatever dream God has put on your heart years ago or now, he's going to make it come to pass. It's just a matter of letting him do trusting him and going with it. Awesome. Well, let's give her a hand. Thank you, Amanda. I think of um, years ago, there was a song. It was, thank you for giving to the Lord. And um, part of that song was that there is a missionary who came to the church and spoke, you know. And so for those of you out there who think, I'd love to go to the foreign field. I'd love to go to inner city. I'd love to do missions somewhere. Do you know, this might spark some of that in you. And if you want to go really far, like Pastor Matt's going to take a trip to Africa later this year. So just putting that out there. <laughs> but thank you, Amanda, for sharing that. All the way from North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so Sarah, Sarah is going to share a little bit with us now. Doesn't she look lovely? Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. So my name is Sarah Stiff. And before I share my story, well, then I cry a lot. <laughs> and and yesterday, my daughter said, can I go to brunch? I said, oh, if you go to brunch, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, it's okay, because when you cry, people know you're passionate. Okay, done, done, done. Uh, my life hasn't been easy, and I didn't always turn to God. But I was flipping through my notebook today, I was, or yesterday, I was going to start to write down some things that I wanted to share. And this is the notebook that I wrote a letter to my ex-husband in when I decided I was okay with getting divorced. And in that book, I wrote a verse, which was actually Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I put that in my book in the middle of a divorce, and I felt like my world was falling apart. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. I did. And then in high school, I changed my mind. Maybe I want to be a biomedical engineer. Maybe I want to be a, an agricultural engineer because farming always She's fascinated really me. She's really smart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my path wasn't super easy. I had to work really hard. And... Um, so I went to college, I have a music degree, I was pre-med, I was going to go to med school, 
and it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't right. I didn't didn't want to go to medical school. I moved back and went to went to work for the Noel Group as an emergency travel agent. <laughs> and one day, my best friend, who happens to be a chiropractor and has been my friend since sixth grade, had said, "What are you doing? You are wasting your life. You're one of the smartest people I ever met, and you are just wasting your life." And I knew in that moment that she was onto something. Like I. And at that point in my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I needed to be helping as many people as possible, and I needed to stop wasting my life. And so I was considering osteopathic school, and she started talking about chiropractic school, and it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This conversation was meant to happen. So I decided to go to chiropractic school. Um, I was already pre-med. I already graduated, got my degrees. It wasn't a, I just went to school. Um, and two and a half months into school, I was pregnant. My boyfriend at the time, this is why it's hard because my daughter's sitting here, but he was a drug addict and an alcoholic. It was just not good. I've never used a drug or smoked a cigarette in my life, um, but this was what I was with, a man who sold cocaine in the back of my car. And I was in chiropractic school. I was going to be a doctor. And knowing I couldn't bring a child into this world, I had to leave. So I broke up with him. I broke up with him because God gave me a child I needed to protect. And I was raised Catholic. And occasionally I went to church. But I wouldn't say that I really knew Jesus. And fast forward, I graduated. I came back to Stevens Point, started a practice, met my now ex-husband, had another baby. He adopted my oldest daughter. And there we were, this family of four. And I will say the first prayer that I know God ever answered for me was when I was pregnant. And I would say, every day, dear God, just let her look like me. Just let her look like me. <laughs> now, if you've seen my daughter, she kind of looks like me. And... Um, because I wanted my, my child to have a family that she felt like she fit in. I wanted her to feel always like her, her dad was her dad, whoever it was, and that you know she was always a part of the family even if I, I married someone else and had more children. I want, so she looks pretty much like me. Um, you know, so after I got out of school and started my practice, I came back here and things were okay. And it was, got this. I really didn't know what I was doing and I struggled. I met my ex-husband, and we got married. The adoption, everything was great. We're the happy family. We moved out to Los Angeles. I closed my practice here, went to Los Angeles, and started again. And we struggled. We struggled. I had this cute little boutique practice, but I wasn't able to build it. I really wanted to be a mom and a wife and a good mom and a good wife, but I also wanted to be a doctor. And the challenge there is trying to find that balance and what's my purpose? What really is my purpose? I feel like I'm supposed to be this doctor that's you know, helping as many people as possible, reaching as many people as possible, but there was just these challenges because I also wanted to be a good wife and a good mom. And after a while, I realized you know, things were struggling. We were struggling, and I blamed my husband. Looking back, I blamed my husband. Because I had to give up my job. Like, I just got to, I really, like, just got to work part-time. And there wasn't time for me to be a doctor. And I ran him around, and I drove around, and I thought, Ugh. so I got really resentful towards my husband. 
And I had this amazing neighbor who came to me early on when I moved next to her and asked me to come to her church. And I was like, yeah, no, nope. Thanks, but no thanks. I'll be your neighbor. I'll hang out with you. I'll do these things. And then she reached out to me and she needed chiropractic care. And her child was like, mom, why do we need to go to the chiropractor? Why can't we just pray for God to, to fix us? And um, my neighbor at the time said something really important that has always stuck to me is that we, we pray for healing, but often we also need to be praying for the wisdom of the doctors and the care staff who are taking care of us. I'm like, ah, that's it. She just prayed for me to have the wisdom to help her. And that was the moment I realized I was doing exactly what God meant me to do. I was meant to be a chiropractor. And I'm really good at my job. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> I am really, really, really good at my job, but now I'm trying to figure out, I want to meet as many people as possible. What do I do? And she asked me to attend what we would consider here a small group. I'm like, I needed that. It was right before my 35th birthday, and that's when I learned who Jesus was, through a small group and a study about Jesus and his life and what, what it really meant. Like, I didn't know. I did not know. I went to, to catechism classes every Wednesday from, I think, first grade to sophomore or junior year. I went on a missions trip. I still didn't know Jesus, and it wasn't until I met Jesus through that study that my life was starting to change. I started going to church. I started praying. I got my husband to go to church. My kids were happy. And we realized through prayer that we didn't need to be in Los Angeles. We needed to be back here in Stevens Point. And we came back, and my kids went to school here when they were little, so we, it was pretty obvious we were going to go to refuge. So we joined refuge, and everything was really good. Things were good. I didn't need Jesus anymore. Things were good. So... I wasn't, I still came to church most of the time, but I wasn't praying, I wasn't hoping, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to reach new goals, I wasn't asking Jesus, and I wasn't saying thank you. I wasn't saying thank you for the things I had. And one day, my husband came home and said, I don't want to be married. Oh, it still hurts. Because I failed. I failed in my marriage, and I was not where I wanted to be professionally, and I was failing, and that hurt, because I don't like to fail. I don't think anybody likes to fail. Um, but so it was really tough. You know, it was just, okay, what am I doing? And at that point, when I came back to Wisconsin, I didn't work for myself. I worked for somebody else. And so I was still doing a great job. I was still being a great doctor, but I was doing it for somebody else. And in doing it for somebody else, I couldn't reach that dream of reaching as many people as possible in the way I knew was best. And now my husband's leaving. And I was devastated. And the one thing that brought me comfort was going to work every day and helping as many people as possible. And fast forward, I realize now in, in conversations with Pastor Deb and with Joan and with my best friend that in the moment I thought God was deserting me and leaving me down because he was letting my marriage fail, like God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't take my marriage away from me. He protected me from something that wasn't good. And I came back to my faith, and that's where things started to grow. And I'm sorry, because I'm a long talker. 
So I will try to be as quick as possible. But that's where things started to grow. When I came back to the church and had these conversations with Pastor Deb, and she said, I think you'd really benefit from going to this small group. And I was busy. I was like, one more thing I have to do. It was, it was one more box to check. It was one more meeting that I needed to sit into. And I went, though, because Pastor Deb told me to go. And I've done pretty much everything Pastor Deb's ever told me I needed to do. <laughs> so I go into this you know, small group, and I, it was a Bible study, and I think we were reading um, The Armor of God, I think, is the very first one that I went into. And she said, I think you need this. And I did need it. But that's where I found the most important part of the church for me, which was small group. And that connection to other women who had struggles, who had real everyday struggles that leaned on God and their fellow small group members to get through those struggles. And one of the reasons, you know, it's hard to dream is because we fear failure, right? We don't want to fail. And getting over that, that fear of failure, knowing that failure is really a growth opportunity. Failure is there for a reason. It's for us to learn and to grow and to move on. And even, you know, keeping those dreams to ourselves, we, we kind of slow ourselves down because we don't, we don't share our dream. And I think when you know, for me particularly, if other people know my dream, I have to work harder for it because I don't want other people to know that I didn't reach my goals. So, and it is, the dream is, my dream was to be a doctor. My dream now is to serve as many people as possible. So in June of last year, I went back on my own and opened my own practice again. So I now am back in my own practice, doing what I love, praising God every day. And something that I think about every day is when Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb came into my office to, to bless my office and talk about some things. And Pastor Matt looked at me and he said, this isn't your practice. This is God's practice. He's going to build it. And I was excited because he was going to build it. But that fear still crept in. And then it was my best friend who said to me, Sarah, you're fine. God built this practice. God will sustain this practice. And every single week, I go, holy cow, it's happening. God's doing it. He's building this practice. Two points where I would pray for things and ask for prayer requests in my small group and reach out to my friends. And those prayers would be answered. They'd be silly things like, please let me get into Blue Cross again. Oh, please let me have five new patients this week. Please let me do this. Please let me do that. Thank you, God. But it always ended in a thank you because thanking God is what keeps those blessings happening because I'm so thankful. And I know that everything that happened to me was part of the process. I would not be here if I didn't have my daughter. I would not be here if I didn't get married. I would not be here if I worked for somebody else and felt like there was something more because those were big stepping stones. And I would not be here if I didn't have Jesus by my side. And I, if you would, I would never have told you that 20 years ago. I never probably would even have told you that 10 years ago. But the more that happens, the more I realize that, yep, this is where I need to be. I'm in my, my God-chosen profession. And he is the reason that everything is good. Even when things seem bad, he is the reason that everything is good. And so I have one last, wait, maybe I I was preaching, Michaela. Okay, so the last thing, this, I'm going to share this because this happened three times this week, and this has come up, and it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, 
and those who love it will eat its fruits. And that's Proverbs 18.21. Three times this week, somebody has said that to me. And so I'm going to tell you right now what the rest of my dream is, because it's hard to share a big dream, because what if it doesn't happen? So, so I want to have, I, right now I'm a single, single doctor in a small practice, and it's super cute, and I just hired my first staff. But my goal is to have a multi-doctor practice and eventually serve the world. I want to go back and do more um, mission healthcare trips. I've done one, and I want to do lots of them. And I want to have people trained to be amazing chiropractors who are treated fairly, who are paid fairly, who are passionate about the profession and spreading the word of chiropractic and the, the belief system of chiropractic, which is actually very close to our belief system here. And I want to have this amazing practice to serve as many people, not just in this county and this community, but throughout the world. And it's, it's going to happen That's through awesome. faith and a yeah. lot of hard work. So I have one more thing to say. So our current small group, and if you like to read um, a book to help you kind of start on the path of, you know, what do I need to do in my life? I'm going to share this little plug for Chasing Wisdom. Um, it's Daniel Grothy, and it's, there's just so many great tidbits in here. And do you know why I read this book in the first place? You want to take a guess? Pastor Deb told me I needed to. <laughs> so there it is. But it is a, a fantastic book. You're so awesome. <laughs> um, you know what I, I love about that? I love even about what you even when she says, I listen to Pastor Deb. It's not that she listened to Pastor Deb. Pastor Deb... <laughs> wants the best for your life through who you are in Christ for all of you, for all of you, because we cannot accomplish things on our own. I was going to say, I'm actually listening to God through Pastor Deb. Okay, thank you, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's way better. (laughs) But, um, But, you know, part of that book, Chasing Wisdom, is exactly what that is. It's going to people, finding people around you that have been where you want to go, people that can speak into your life, people that aren't going to tell you everything you want to hear. Because, you know, I know for me, I have people in my life, and it's, it's one of those hurt-so-good kinds of things. <laughs> but I know that it's helping to grow me and grow my character and who I am in Christ, and it's not just for me. But it's for the people around me that I know that God sends to me to encourage. And so thank you so much, ladies. Like, aren't we blessed? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, So when they talked about Jesus, and, you know, like I said before, I I could pull any of you ladies up here, and you could be sitting next to me, and you could have stories, your story to share with us. And... The missing element that we don't want missing from your life is that relationship with Jesus. That knowing that you know that you know that if you left this place today and God forbid something horrible happened and you weren't with us anymore, that you'd be in heaven. That you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I can remember the first time somebody said that to me. You know, you know you can go to heaven when you die. I'm like, right, what were you drinking? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's no way. And I used to steer clear from people like that. <laughs> and probably because I, I knew that something different had to change in my life. But I have an overwhelming peace and a knowing that I know that I know that when I die one day, I'm going to be in the presence of God forever. 
forever and ever, and that's a long time. We base so much on what happens in our day-to-day, but eternity is so much longer than this little blink of an eye life that we have on this side of eternity. So I'd like us all to just pray, if we can, and, and close your eyes and just think about your own life. And if you knew that today was your day, that for the rest of your life you'd be in eternity, that you know that you'd go to heaven, you have that peace. But if you don't know, I'd like you to say this prayer after me, and we're going to ask Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life, to change your life forever. You can repeat this after me. Dear Jesus... I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins, that you make my life what you want it to be. I ask that you come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now, and I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you said that prayer today for the first time, I want you to tell somebody, okay? Because it's going to make a difference in your life forever. And you know the other thing, because this can sound all hunky-dory and wonderful, but life isn't easy even after you receive Jesus. <laughs> but you know, we have somebody to go to that's bigger than us. And we have somebody that's going to give us peace in the midst of a storm. You know, I think of the stuff you guys have gone through. You know, Sarah, the things you went through. She knew that she could call on Jesus, and he just was there. You know, we leave him, but he never leaves us. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you again, your relationship with Jesus is just talking to him, driving in your car, and don't scold the person with road rage, you know, (laughs) but um, talk to Jesus. And so again, thank you ladies for being here. And I think Amy and Michaela, you have another giveaway for us. But if you made that decision for the first time today and you don't have somebody to talk to, talk to me. You can look me up on Facebook or look me up on uh, the church website. Go to info and, and I'd be happy to talk with you. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to receive from the Lord today. If you chose to give your life to Jesus today or would like to find more of our content, we would love for you to get connected with us on our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing week.